This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us today. AFR.net is our website. AFR.net is our website. Be sure to go there and um, not only can you listen live, but you can also listen to past shows there on our website, AFR.net. We also have the um, our app, our AFR app, um, and you can go and download that on your smartphone, on your tablet device. Um, download the AFR app. It's also um, available on Roku devices and a couple other places, so... Be sure to check that out. And then lastly, you can subscribe to the Exposing Washington podcast uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. So whether it be Spotify or on your Apple podcast store, Android or Google Play store, et cetera, et cetera, you can uh, just subscribe to the Exposing Washington podcast and uh, you'll get it uh, downloaded right there to your device each week uh, when we do the show. This was a busy week in Washington, D.C. We had a lot uh, going on in in Washington. The uh, Congress met on January 6th on Wednesday. Congress met to um, certify the Electoral College results. And let me just set this up uh, before we really delve into it and what went down. On Wednesday, uh, well, really on Tuesday, we had the Georgia Senate runoff where you had Kelly Loeffler, uh, incumbent there, uh, David Perdue, both of those Republican senators in Georgia up for re-election, and they went to a runoff with uh, Warnock and Ossoff, the two Democrats, uh, very radical Democrats there in Georgia. Well, we had that on Tuesday, and we, 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 we knew at least that, that one Republican lost there uh, on Tuesday night. Then Wednesday came the gathering of Congress in a joint session, what the 12th Amendment calls for, to count the Electoral College votes and certify uh, the results from all 50 states. President Trump had had a, uh, if you want to call it a rally or an event, right outside the White House. I think it was down past the South Lawn. And there were thousands of, of people there. I don't, I don't know if I could say hundreds of thousands, but at a minimum, tens of thousands of people there to support the president. And uh, he gave a very fiery speech there outside the White House to this massive crowd. 
And the goal there was, to, from from my understanding, was to um, protest the election results or how the election went because, look, many people believe up to 70% of registered Republicans believe that the election was stolen. Now, what we know for certain is that there was fraud, there were irregularities, and there was illegality. Do we know if it was for certain, if it was enough to to fully overturn the election results? I don't think anyone can say that with 100% confidence right now. Um, There hasn't been enough due process to know that. But we do know that there was fraud, there was illegality, and there was irregularities. And so that's what President Trump was speaking out against on Wednesday before the meeting, the gathering of Congress. And so after President Trump's speech, many of the people there began walking, marching towards the Capitol. And what I thought was going to be a protest outside of the Capitol, you know, uh, a decent distance from the Capitol, that that thought of how it was going to go down quickly went away uh, after a short time. And many people started uh, going through or past the barriers there that the Capitol Police had set up and making their way into the Capitol. Some forced their way into the Capitol. Uh, others just walked into the Capitol, and, uh, and, and then the chaos ensued. And I think we can all agree that what went down at the Capitol on Wednesday was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment, and it should have never occurred. The Capitol Police should have never allowed it to get to the to the place that it was uh, by Wednesday afternoon. And were there were there some uh, Antifa or Black Lives Matter or whatever you want to call them? Were there some? People that infiltrated the Trump march, the Trump rally, and maybe they instigated a lot of this, I wouldn't put it past them. That's probably the case. I've actually seen some evidence that that Antifa did infiltrate the Trump march and they did instigate some violence and some illegal behavior. But the reality is, is that there were over a thousand people who breached the Capitol on Wednesday. And you can't tell me that all 1,000 of them were Antifa people who infiltrated the Trump march. That's just unrealistic and not possible. So that puts us with the reality that some Trump supporters felt it was necessary to breach the Capitol and uh, and push over the, the police barricades and force their way 
into the Capitol. And so that's what happened on Wednesday. And President Trump eventually came out uh, an hour or two later and told everyone to go home. So I'm going to play a few clips here. I want to play clip one, and this is uh, Ken Cuccinelli, actually a good friend of the ministry. He's uh, an acting, he has an acting position at the Department of Homeland Security. I'm going to play Ken Cuccinelli on the situation that happened at the Capitol on Wednesday and how the Capitol Police just became overwhelmed. Clip one, let's listen. Until we have agreement left and right that violence is never allowable, ever allowable, then it's going to continue. I mean, we've had six months of this kind of violence in other cities and some in Washington, particularly in the summer, um, where some people in the media and some people in Congress were coddling of violent protesters. Well, all of a sudden, everybody's unified. And uh, I'm sorry it took this to get there. The Department of Homeland Security has been against this kind of violence by whomever may perpetrate it all along. And that's that should be all of America's position. And I think now maybe it is. Well, there you have it. That's Ken Cuccinelli making a very good point there. And that is this behavior is unacceptable at all times amongst all people. But the hypocrisy that we saw this past week was unlike anything I've seen before, and here's why. Our country went through months this past summer. We went through months of lawless acts of rioting, of looting, of of damaging of property, all in the name of social justice. And the mainstream media sat by and didn't say squat against the damage that happened this past summer. And which we're learning, some of the excuses about rioting and looting and damaging property by the left, some of these excuses are now invalid because the officers involved in certain instances have been exonerated. And Jacob Blake is one example there in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It came out this past week that he had a knife, he was armed, and the officers were justified in using deadly force. But nobody cares about that. Kenosha burned to the ground for days all over something that was a justified use of force. And we saw Senator Kamala Harris even excusing the rioting and looting this summer. Even She was even bailing some of them out. She was raising money to bail some of them out. So what I'm saying doesn't excuse what happened at the Capitol this past week. But it does prove that the media is only against violence if the violence comes from conservatives. But if it comes from the left and from Democrats, well, the violence then is justified. When the reality is, is that violence is unacceptable across the board, no matter who is perpetrating the violence. 
And I was one of the first ones Wednesday to come out and say that the law enforcement and the military, they should have cleared that Capitol in minutes. What happened at the Capitol was an absolute embarrassment for our country. Not just an embarrassment for our country because people felt emboldened enough and confident enough to breach their way into the Capitol, but it was mainly an embarrassment because our law enforcement couldn't stop it. And I get it. They were overwhelmed. There were tens of thousands of people there. But this is the U.S. Capitol. This is supposed to be one of the most secure buildings in the world, with the exception of the White House. And there were people in the Senate and the House chamber stealing podiums. It was an absolute embarrassment. I want to play a few other clips here. I want to play a clip two. This is Tucker Carlson on political violence. Clip two, let's listen. Political violence begets political violence. That is always true. It is an iron law. It never changes. And we have to be against that. No matter who commits the violence or under what pretext, no matter how many self-interested demagogues assure us the violence is justified or necessary, as they have been assuring us, lying to us for the past six months. We have a duty to oppose all of this, not simply because political violence kills other people's children, which it does, but because in the end, it doesn't work. No good person will live a happier life because that girl was killed in the hallway of the Capitol today. So our only option as a practical matter is to fix what is causing this in the first place. We don't have a choice. You may have nothing in common with the people on the other side of the country. Increasingly, you probably don't. But you're stuck with them. The idea that groups of Americans will somehow break off into separate, peaceful nations of like-minded citizens, that's a fantasy. That will not happen. There is no such thing as a peaceful separation. There never has been and there won't be. The two hemispheres of this country are inseparably intertwined. They are co-joined twins. Neither can leave without killing the other. So that's the first thing to know. Well, there you have it. That's uh, Tucker Carlson making some good points there. And to his point, to reiterate his point, violence is never the answer. Because it never, ever ends well. We are a nation of laws. We are a nation of order. We have a constitution We have due process. We have ways to redress our grievances. And we don't need mobs running the country. Whether the mobs come from the left, which they usually do, or whether the mobs come from the right. Shifting gears, but staying, uh, staying on, on all this that's going on in Washington. You know, the, 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 the real sad part about all of this, amongst many things, is that the genuine case against election fraud that was going to be, that was going to take place on Wednesday and probably well into Thursday and maybe Friday, 
that case that Senator Cruz and others, that case that they were going to make got overshadowed by the actions and what happened at the Capitol on Wednesday by the people storming the Capitol. Because instead of America being able to watch the Electoral College vote tally and certification and hear Senator Cruz and others make the case that there was widespread illegality in multiple states, instead of being able to hear that case be made, all we saw was chaos. And as it turns out, much of the disputing against the Electoral College votes never took place because, in many cases, of what happened at the Capitol uh, during that process that disrupted that process. And another issue we have here is that the big tech, the media, especially big tech, they have they've been censoring or cutting off conservatives on their platforms for months now, even years. But what happened Wednesday further emboldened them to further cut off any and all conservatives off their platforms. And Facebook and Instagram, which is actually the same company, and a couple others, actually cut off President Trump, the president of the United States. They cut him off the platform. Which begs the question if it's even legal to censor the president of the United States. And a few th- a few other thoughts on on what happened this past week. Look, I don't think it's it's fair for the media to blame President Trump even though they do this all the time. To blame President Trump for what happened at the Capitol. I can see how some might make the connection based on his rhetoric and based on him telling people that we're going to march to the Capitol. But here's the reality. President Trump didn't say we're going to go raid the Capitol. He said we're going to march to the Capitol in protest. And so it's unfair to accuse President Trump of being responsible for what happened Wednesday at the Capitol. Another aspect of this is the feud between the president and the vice president. We saw President Trump putting pressure over the past few weeks, really heated up within the past week, putting pressure on the vice president claiming that Pence can unilaterally send the Electoral College votes back to the states for review. 
And President Trump went as far to call the vice president out at his speech, not only in Georgia, but also his speech there in Washington. But my opinion has been and and will be that the vice president actually did what the Constitution stands for, what the Constitution calls for. The role of the vice president, in my opinion, is to oversee the certification. The role of the vice president is not to pick and choose which votes from various states are legitimate in his eyes and which ones are not. That's the role of Congress and the role of state legislatures. And so I think the vice president made the right decision, did the right thing on Wednesday by carrying out his duty and his role to count, to facilitate the counting of the electoral college votes. And there are many people out there that are calling Pence a traitor and saying that Pence lacks the courage. Pence has betrayed America and the Constitution. But that's simply not true. That is simply not true. And if I had one criticism for for this or one thought on this whole Trump movement is that some supporters of the president throw anyone and everyone under the bus who doesn't agree 100% with the president. We've seen that in the past and we're seeing it now with the president and vice president disagreeing on the best strategy when it comes to the Electoral College certification. To say you disagree with Mike Pence, to say you think he should have done something different, that's fine. That's America. But to call the vice president of the United States, who has been one of the most loyal supporters of the president from day one, To call him a traitor is utterly ridiculous. It is utterly ridiculous. And I'm actually surprised how many people fall into that and believe that type of rhetoric. Moving on to one other subject, you know, after... If you didn't think the swamp hated President Trump, then this past week really brought that hatred to the highest level it's been, in my opinion, since President Trump was sworn in. But, you know, the the, the Democrats and some Republicans have been trying to remove President Trump for years now. And this really ramped up this past week with talk of the impeachment and the 25th Amendment. But I want to talk a little bit about the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment is intended to be exercised when the president is no longer able to fulfill his duty 
are to fulfill his role as commander-in-chief. The 25th Amendment is not to be used because you just don't like President Trump. And so I want to play clip three. This is Ken Starr on the 25th Amendment. I think everyone needs to return to Abraham Lincoln and the first uh, inaugural and put a stop to, the, to this uh, and to appeal to the higher angels of our being, as Mr. Lincoln uh, said. Uh, everyone who articulates the 25th Amendment and invokes uh, impeachment knows full well. It cannot happen as a practical matter. And so it's political rhetoric that's just adding further heat, no illumination. Uh, and this is very unfortunate. Perhaps uh, reading Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, letter from a Birmingham jail might be helpful. It's going nowhere. It should go nowhere. And I would just say shame on those who are invoking both of them. Well, there you have it. That's Ken Starr downplaying the threat of the 25th Amendment. Look, Pence, the vice president, has already said that's off the table. That's not going to happen. Now is not the proper place. And you think our country is divided now. Let's try forcefully removing President Trump from the Oval Office. That would do way more damage than needed to the country, not to mention there is no legitimate standing to do so just because people don't like President Trump. The last thing I want to talk about on this subject is the political environment in Washington, D.C. and across the country and who's responsible. You know, what happened at the Capitol shouldn't have happened. But I'm really not surprised that it did happen, and here's why. We've had politicians, elected officials, bureaucrats ignoring the will of the people for years now, arguably decades now. And the politicians, many of them in Washington, they campaign, especially Republicans. They campaign on one thing and they get to Washington and they do another. They don't keep their promises. And so the political class, to a large extent, has been ignoring the American people and what the American people have been pushing for and desiring for years now. Not to mention the political class, to a large extent, views itself as better than your average American. Their actions prove that they look down on average working class Americans. And this frustration has been boiling over for years now, and many people have had enough. And they feel that their voice is not being heard. That environment, Washington, D.C., and the, the people in it are responsible for. 100% for fostering and cre creating that environment. Republicans and Democrats, both responsible for the political environment that we are at in our country. Exposing Washington, American Family Radio. Don't forget to check out our website. We'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.